This episode of Behind Enemy Lines is brought to you by the officiating in the Broncos-Ravens game, because no one can appreciate beauty without the perspective of pure trash. Thank you, NFL officials, for that reminder. Enjoy! Welcome in to this week's edition of Behind Enemy Lines. I am your calm and very reasonable host, Logan Fisher, joined tonight by Travis Hudson and Ryan Paris. They are ecstatic. How's it going, boys? It's going pretty great. It's, yeah. it's another good week to be a Chiefs fan. Yeah. I don't know about being a Broncos fan, but... yeah. Being- well, you know, being being behind enemy lines is uh, it has its weeks where I'm bold and brassy, and weeks where I'm a little more, you know, subdued. And this would be one of those weeks. Yeah. It is not 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 feeling good. It's like uh, I was thinking about it. It's like in it's like Call of Duty, where you're if you you know get behind the team and then you like are are pushing and like. You know, you got your submachine gun, you're in there, you're wreaking havoc. Or you, like, sneak back behind the enemy team and you're in the corner with a claymore and your shotgun just waiting for some poor sap to run across you to snap on them. To blow away, yeah. Because you're, you know, because you're not in a good mood. So you can't. <laughs> and that uh, is me this week because, obviously, the Broncos sustained a 27 to 14 loss on the road to the Baltimore Ravens and to be honest I was I liked our matchup going into the game on paper and I just thought that we overall maybe just had the better roster but I was worried obviously Baltimore is kind of a house of horrors it has been for the Broncos and I mean they're always tough at home but obviously there was a lot of things that are concerning about this game that were concerning in the first two games but winning covers up a lot of things um, so I mean I guess I'll just start out with what is concerning and then also why I still have some reasons for optimism. And I think I'll start out with the optimism first because they didn't play a game that was worthy of the optimism coming at the end. So I'm going to rag on them because I was pretty disappointed with the play. Um, I think the first reason for optimism really is just you look at the league right now and the state of the league and... Especially the, the AFC. The parody, yeah, the AFC. I mean, aside from really the Chiefs who've been coasting and are three and O. And the Dolphins. And the Dolphins who are also three and O who I'm who I'm gonna talk about later. First round by on their way. <laughs> First round by for the for the fans. No, but you know, and just you look at the state of, of the league right now, you've got the Browns at one, one and one, who have technically a better record than the Patriots. I think like a dozen teams, yeah, including teams like the Patriots. So, I don't know. The Broncos, they're they're two and one, and if by, you know, some 
Mile High Magic get a win against Kansas City next week, and obviously we're going to talk about that game coming up. <laughs> you know, we're both three and one, and this road loss is, you know, a thing of the past. And we're feeling good again because we're tied for the best record in the AFC and have the tiebreaker of the Chiefs. So, I mean, you just got to look at where the team is now and where the rest of the league is. And you say, okay, well, we have a chance. And obviously it's still early. Um, Last year, you know, we started this same way. Um, But I think maybe the reason for optimism in that sense is that we looked pretty good starting out last year and kind of went downhill, whereas this year we haven't played that well and still come out with two wins. And I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, And like I said, I think the roster is a lot better Um, just in general, and we've got more playmakers. But so you don't have Trevor Simeon. And we don't have Trevor Simeon. But, I mean, that's the thing is you look at Case Keenum and what he was supposed to bring to this team was like some consistency. But his quarterback rating right now is 71 through three games, which is fourth worst in the league behind Blaine Gabbert and Mm. freaking I'm trying to remember who the other ones are. It's it's not good. I mean, not good company, not good company at all. He you know, he's shown some toughness um, and I do like that about him but it's getting to be pretty you know another game where he's negative you know in the touchdown interception ratio zero touchdowns one pick and it was a bad bad pick that you know down there in the red zone again where we would have had a chance to even if we would have come away with three points to grab some momentum and it was just it was a killer you were in the game until that point yeah and and even even the drive after that, uh, you know, when we got down there, um, when I think there was probably five, four or five minutes left, and you know, it's we're down, we're down the two scores. I think it was what the thirteen points. It was twenty-seven fourteen at that point, and the penalties, man, just destroyed us. That I mean, I didn't agree with a lot of the calls, but you take away like say you even take away three questionable calls that's still 10 penalties for over 100 yards like we had 13 penalties and it's just on the road we've not been good i think we're one in seven on the road last year so that's a big concern for vance joseph and you know like how he's preparing the team to get ready for these away games and you know like it was just we, we get down there and first of all we're running this hurry up and then we get a second we're second and one and then we run two straight draws with Devonte booker who is he's so bad he's so terrible <laughs> oh like yeah that, that game that would have been pretty different if that was philip Lindsay in there philip Lindsay or or even or even freeman like you know they had booker in there for passing stuff which he caught everything was thrown to him but he just doesn't make anything happen he doesn't make guys miss doesn't get extra yards he's slow yeah i just ah i'm over him 
I'm not sure second and one and third and one is a good time to call a draw play. Yeah, I mean, I get trying to pick up the first down real quick, but um, I was okay with the first one, but they did it. They ran on third and one. They tried it again. They didn't pick it up. So now it's fourth and one, and then you get the 12 men in the huddle, which are unexcusable. And so now you're fourth and six, and you let the guy who's been killing you all game, Terrell Suggs, is just abusing Garrett Bowles, and he's unblocked on the on fourth and six. He comes off the edge, and I don't know if even if that's designed. I know some plays you let guys run free, and you and then you attack that area, but. He's the best. He's their best player. You can't. You got to do something. And then, I, you know, I think there's a case that could be made that Jake Butt was interfered with out there. I think he was. His arm was pinned down. But, I mean, I'm not going to put it on the officiating in this game. The Broncos beat themselves, and they didn't. They didn't respond well to the to the bat to the calls that didn't go their way. They didn't deal well with adversity, and you know, I I think it all it goes back to that play you know, on the blocked field goal. And, you know, after having time, I've been able to take a step back. I'm looking at these calls and, you know, I, I like whether the officials missed on that, on the block when they, when Justin Simmons jumps the line, you know, yeah. like maybe he was a yard and a half, maybe he was two yards off the ball and that's technically too far. You have to be within a yard. And so, you know, like, but it just blows my mind. Like they're looking right at, at that. And if that's, an obvious thing that you miss and then it's like is that a make <laughs> like the per- the person who call who came in to call the block in the back had to have been one of the officials that was you know at the goal post well there was an official right by the guy that got it's right by i know the guy was right by him and he didn't call it it, it was the guy okay. that came running in from from the back probably 50 yards you know at that point after the block, you know, and he's 75 yards behind the actual where the play is happening, where Chris Harris is running in. So, I, you know, whatever. Like, if you call the block in the back, okay, it evens out. You know, maybe you should, like, that still works out in the Broncos' favor in terms of a three-point swing where Justin Tucker's yeah. probably making that field goal. So, oh, yeah. you know, whatever, because Justin Tucker's a beast. He's the best and in the NFL. Drilling 55, you know, like, just insane. So, but that is what swung the momentum, is if that block in the back wasn't called, and, you know, I get it, he, he touched him, but apparently Domitopeko has the strength of 75 men because this guy <laughs> just goes careening towards the sideline like not not even forward really it's like laterally just oh yeah he pulled a james harden lbj yeah whatever he pulled a james harden he was he was there's some play acting there flopping so oh but i get just it's so stupid if you're don't like i don't sit take a seat on the grass and draw i don't care like (laughs) you're not gonna do it like what are you gonna do go catch Chris Harris up there and celebrate with him? No, you're 30 yards behind the play. So stupid, very stupid, undisciplined. And then, you know, obviously three plays later, sack fumble and scrum and scrum and Philip Lindsay goes charging in there and the, and I'll get, you know, I think you guys both saw the play. Like my take is that I, you know, as a fit, like we haven't had players that, 
play as hard as Philip Lindsay. And I mean, and I like, you know, CJ Anderson was undrafted and he played, he always played really hard, but I don't know that he is as talented as Philip Lindsay is. And he goes, you know, flying in there, the ball, like I saw it, the ball was yet to really be recovered. They hadn't signaled a recovery. Well, the with whistle the pile did... that big, they're not going to be able to, to signal yeah. a recovery until they get everyone off. Right, right. But they, the the whistle blew kind of as he made the decision to dive in there as he sees the ball. And, <laughs> and I'm and I'm fine. It was a little like, before. It, it was, I mean, it was pretty much simultaneous in my book. And I'm fine, like, call the 15, you know, like, if they think that that's like, I get it, you can't dive onto a pile. You know, there was another, there was another scrum going on there with, like, someone had hit, someone on Baltimore had come in and hit Deshaun Hamilton late. And, you know, like, at first I thought maybe he was reacting to that, but... And then another thing that I thought was, you know, with those piles, like sometimes, you know, stuff happens under there. Like people are twisting oh, yeah. ankles and stuff. So like I thought maybe like someone had gotten a hold of his foot or something like that, and he was trying to, you know, like whack him to st- like st- like stop grabbing me. But he didn't say anything like that after the game. That you know, but he 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 did say that he was not trying to injure anyone, that he wasn't trying to punch anyone, that he was trying to hit the ball out. So, I don't know. But from the referee's perspective, you know, all he sees is a fist going into a pile. He can't see the ball. Yeah, I I understand that. And, you know, but I don't, I just think the rule for punching a player is like, like the, the spirit of the rule, why that was made was like, you know, you had the, freaking back in the day like Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan, Cortland Finnegan. like yeah. you know they're they're getting tied up and they're in each other's faces and then they're ripping each other's helmets off and they're throwing punches at each other like that is you know like that's messing up the game and that's not part of the game like that I think that that was the spirit of that rule and that didn't strike me as what was happening there so I don't know I all I know is that he he'll learn from that you know I I get it, but it, it definitely changed the momentum of the game a lot. And, you know, he, he, we, we weren't explosive at all on offense, you know, and I think that he would have added a lot to that. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty weak. I thought both of those calls back to back were, you know, maybe by the letter of the law, correct, but, but pretty weak. Yeah. Um, and but again, you know, you're on the road and you, stuff's not going your way and you have to respond. And they really didn't. They uh, there was just mistakes all around. You know, at the end of the first half, there was, first of all, really weird clock management by Vance Joseph. And then it, but it would have been fine, you know, like Cortland Sutton on third down was wide open and all he has to do is catch the ball, turn up field and. You know, he actually had a lot of room, but even if he would have been tackled, he would have had a first down, and then we would have just either ran out the clock or, you know, whatever. And that was three points that we ended up giving them. They ended up kicking the field goal before the half. So just a lot of stupid things, um, a lot of undisciplined things. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of – I'm worried that, uh, that you know, things are kind of getting testy in the lot. Even after the one win, I, you can tell, especially like the defense, I think is is a little uh, 
little shaky. Like you caught Chris Harris after the game saying, kind of throwing the coaches under the bus, saying that we're not disguising anything. We're not fooling anyone. And to be honest, like with Chris Harris, I always thought that he's, I mean, he's a really like prideful guy and he thinks he's the best. And to be honest, like he's been one of the best for a long time, but he's been getting beat on on some throws and guys that are basically no names you know like he's last week got beat by seth roberts you know and then this week you know just gave up a couple first down throws and you know he's kind of throwing the coaches under the bus and i don't know the secondary is worrisome is chris harris playing more on the outside um he is he is because I mean, and we were hurt in this game because Adam Jones was already injured, um, and the, and didn't didn't play, and then Tremaine Brock got injured during got the injured game. during the game. Yeah, a groin injury I think, and so our rookie Isaac Yadam came in and he gave up a couple plays too. Um, so you know, got beat by John Brown down for the biggest yeah. play of the game in the forty-four yarder, um, which you know I'm credit to Flacco like he, he had a great game he was pinpoint accurate on some of those like I, I thought that that we were actually in pretty good position yeah a lot of times and he was just making really good throws um there were a couple throws to Mark Andrews that your guys draped all over him yeah perfect ball placement yeah he he did well I will say you know like he he was 25 of 40 277 one touchdown so you know like not world beater but solid and then we held them to 75 yards. Buck Allen had six carries for seven yards. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alex Collins, 18 for 68, is a 3.8 average. So, you know, the run defense was good. We actually outrushed them by a lot, even though we were trailing the whole game. Um, Freeman was efficient. Uh, you know, uh, some of it was the end around to Sanders for 35 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but we had over 120, I think 100 and. 15 yards rushing something like that so i don't know i'm i'm encouraged by that i think that that can bode well for us down the line especially as the especially season. against the chiefs well especially against the chiefs uh, what i am worried about is that you know our run defense has been good but the chiefs haven't ran they don't need to run so no. <laughs> it's like uh and we'll talk more about that game coming up obviously um demarius thomas had a kind of a bounce back game he caught all of his targets five for five 63 yards he probably would have been closer to 100 if he had a well an obvious hold on Garrett Bowles that that brought back um a big play I think was probably 30 yards or so that would have got us down into scoring position um but I don't know the play calling is is weird sometimes Case Keenum has not been good and you know if he does not respond if he doesn't come out against the Chiefs secondary and throw for 300 with no, you know, with a couple of touchdowns or a touchdown and, and no picks, then I'm going to be like, I'm on yellow alert right now. And if he does not have a good game next week, then it's going to be raised to red because yeah, there's just no reason, you know, that he shouldn't be able to capitalize at home with pretty good weapons against a Chiefs secondary that has not been good. Yeah. So it's allowing about three hundred and eighty yards per game. Yeah. And yeah, it's 
because there were times, you know, we, we, we just didn't move the ball in this game. And, you know, credit to Baltimore. They're, they're scrappy, and they, I think they play better and harder. You know, they're a very underrated defense. Then they they are, and uh, you know we can chalk it up to that. I know, Ryan, you were talking about the offensive line, um, yeah, and just how I'm not ready to to bash on them too much because they did put together two solid games to start. Um, obviously, you know, not the most talented pass rushers uh, from you know Seattle and and Oakland in the first two weeks. And then, you know, Terrell Suggs, the ageless one is 35 years old and just made Garrett Bowles look silly. So yeah, that's a little concerning. We'll see how, uh, how they hold up next week. Um, But I, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I've said my piece piece about it, but I mean, I'm pretty upset, you know, the, the coaching wasn't very good, I didn't think, and the play calling was kind of weird sometimes. There were some encouraging things that I think we can kind of move forward with, but I think it's all going to come down to whether you know Keenum can play better than that. Fourth worst QBR in the league is not gonna not gonna get it done. Um, I mean, the fact that you have two wins while he has the fourth worst QBR, I mean, he it's got to improve. Yes, we, it, we know what kind of player he is. It's like, yeah, you know, you're talking about how last year he played like out of his mind, and this year, you know, he's talking about that regression to the mean. But he's below the mean right now. Yeah. There's going to be, the, and, you know, an opposite of last year coming into this year. It's going to be a regression or going from where he's at now back towards more in the middle. Yeah, he, you know, that middle of the road quarterback, which he's kind of, kind of been, and I, I believe that he can do that. I mean. You know, in, in training camp, he, you know, he, all the beat right. You know, he he went 15 straight training camp days. You know, and he threw three interceptions the entire time, and now he's already got five through three games. So it's like, but you gotta, you know, obviously that's gotta translate, and so far it hasn't. Um, well, we've I, seen with Patrick Mahomes that training camp <laughs> interceptions don't mean a whole lot. Touche, touche. Um, I would like to see, I would like to see more Cortland Sutton. He's he's huge, and when we get down there in the red zone, I don't think we've targeted him, targeted him yet. I just would like to see more jump balls for him. Um, would you like to see more of him over Demarius Thomas? I, you know, I, I think so. Um, I think Thomas is you're gonna you're seeing what you're gonna get with him every week. He's he's still been he's been the most targeted receiver on our team which i think is is wrong i think sanders should be getting more targets yeah um you know he can still get open you know he can he can beat single coverage and you know when that's the case yeah throw it to him but yeah i I would like to see i think there's a lot more upside in in seeing Cortland sutton get some snaps and giving him some more opportunities for those jump balls down the field um and just get him in because you know he's had this drops but i think if you get him in a rhythm, you know, you'll you'll see him have a big game. I think he's going to have a breakout game um, sometime this year. I don't know when it's going to be, but... Could and, come this week. It could come this week. I don't know who's going to... You know, you're, you're talking about if you, you got those three guys on the field at the same time, Thomas Sanders and, and Sutton, you know, who's, who's matching up with uh, Cortland Sutton for the Chiefs? It'll be, probably be Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson, okay. Which so. there's a big size difference there, but right, right. 
All right. Any other uh, any other thoughts about this game from uh, your guys' perspective? Uh, I don't think so. Not not on the game itself. I think we've got you know we're obviously we're going to be getting to Broncos Chiefs coming up. Yep. Yeah, but. that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking ahead to. All right. Well, um, I was trying to think if there's anything else that really. Oh, there was one other thing, and you know, like, like I was talking about with these some of these penalties. Like, I did think the Broncos got jobbed. If you, like they there was some bad calls. You know, like there was a punt return that where Deshaun Hamilton, I don't know if you guys saw it, probably not if you don't watch the game, but he, and I will say this, our special teams has been a lot better this year, like night and day almost like they, our special teams killed us last year and this year they've been serviceable to above average. I would say we're not fumbling punts. Yeah. Our coverage has been good. That'll get tested this week. I don't know if we'll even kick the ball to Tyree Kill. I would. Teams I, haven't been. I would advise against it. Um, but yeah, that that's been encouraging to me. Our special teams has been encouraging. But there was a play where Hamilton fielded a punt, and it just this the new definition of the helmet rule. I mean, it just could not have been more blatant. A guy just came flying in, lowered his head. They said it on the broadcast. You know that they brought in the like whoever was I can't even remember who was calling this game but they were awful and he was like trying to say like oh well, I don't know what you know, as a defender you're supposed to do he tried to no he lowered his helmet and it was helmet to helmet right right there in front of you know three people staring at that and that was not called like it was blatant and I was that was just it ticked me off obviously because we had so many calls go against us and it wasn't like it was that imbalanced. The Ravens had seven penalties as well, but it was, I was irate about that. And I would not doubt that the Broncos probably contact the league about that hit and something come down. But anyways, that's my uh, final thoughts on the game. And when we come back on the other side, we will talk about, happier things if you are a Chiefs fan at least more depressing things for me but uh, we'll come back we'll talk some Chiefs football welcome back into behind enemy lines we're back talking some Chiefs football in a game where the Chiefs moved to 3-0 defeating the San Francisco 49ers at Arrowhead Stadium 38 to 27. Patrick Mahomes continued his hot streak 24 of 38 for 314 and three touchdowns. Just keeps making it look easy. Tell me about it, Ryan. Uh, it was actually Patrick Mahomes' worst game of the season. So <laughs> saying that and being, you know, 64% completion percentage, like you said, 314 yards, three touchdowns, still no interceptions. Oh, I'll take that for a down game. Uh, this is this is a game where Patrick he looked he looked good, but he had some he left a lot on the field. He did there miss. Were some, there were some deep throws that were there that he just missed by a couple yards. That he could have had 400 yards this game. Well, I think it was it was interesting on some of those. We still scored touchdowns anyway, so yeah, we kind of got bailed out. But it, I think he was almost maybe too amped up. 
Yeah, whenever he does miss, he he doesn't. He seems like he doesn't miss the next throw. Like I like that about him. When when he makes a mistake, he makes up for it pretty quickly. Yeah. So it doesn't absolutely derail drives anymore, like it did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith, once he started missing, he couldn't stop missing. Yeah, and I think that, well, I mean, maybe it's just because you can do more with Mahomes, but I, the play calling so far, like the offense, is just really helping him out. Like there's, you know, there's just open guys to hit. You know, like he, yeah, he misses an open guy, and then you know, there's Travis Kelsey running wide open. Down the well, some of it, you, he can use the full extent of the field. So when you've got all that space, you got guys going deep that he could hit. You got guys intermediate he could hit. Yeah. You got these short routes that he can hit. It's hard to cover the whole field. And that's a really big difference between him and Alex Smith. Alex Smith, you had about 10 yards from the line of scrimmage to the 10-yard line, 10 yards past the line of scrimmage where he would work. And yeah. that condensed everything. And that made all the coverage tighter. With Patrick Mahomes, the whole field is his oyster. <laughs> the field this is oyster Travis any uh big thoughts on the game here what uh what got on got on your radar here well I mean I, I'll I'll agree with Ryan it, it was his worst game of the season you know Patrick Mahomes was not quite as dynamic as he was in week one and two and yet we still put up 38 points no turnovers and you know, it's if this is going to be the worst we see of Patrick, Mahomes, it's not. By the way, there no. will be there will be turnovers that's coming. I think. Thank you. Right? Thank you for a re- thank you for a realistic perspective there. What because is, I I agree. You know, that, it that, should happen. I mean, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I sit back and wonder, like, is this like are we seeing something that's never happened before? No. Well, in We're a way, not. you have. I mean that. It is a it's a record. It's a record. It's, it's literally yeah. never happened. So uh, there is there is that to consider, and you know, just looking at the looking at the game here, the the Niners they tried to make it interesting, and obviously one of the leads that we kind of buried here was that Garoppolo went down, and now we know that is a torn ACL. So pretty pretty brutal outcome for the Niners yeah. uh, to go on the road, lose, and then lose their franchise quarterback um, yeah. in the promising, process. Yeah, promising going into the season and then losing your starting running back and then your starting quarterback. Yes. Tough break for 49ers fans. Very, very brutal. And yeah, you kind of, you know, think that as if the Rams already didn't have a free run to the NFC West title this just about that just seals it yeah yeah yeah. so um bummer there um I do see just looking at box score stuff here you know Kareem Hunt 18 for 44 which is a 2.4 average what are we thinking about this here I've got some stuff to say about that I really didn't like the play call when it came to running the football this game we ran almost exclusively outside zones it felt like felt like for the whole game and they were just getting blown up by their linebackers and then once we get to the end of the game where we need just short yardage and they know it everyone's you know keying in on the run we're finally able to run because we're running directly at them i just feel like alex or andy reed is trying to get too fancy in the run game He's trying to spread them out, and it's not working. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really didn't, I didn't really see any 
Kareem Hunt's rushes, except for, you know, the highlights, which would be the two touchdowns, which I know were short runs. Yeah. Anyways. That's what killed his average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even those, even those were, you know, runs right up the middle, you know, inside zone run plays that we didn't really use that much that game. We used well, a lot of trying to get outside. He, one of them, he walked in untouched, and I, yeah. I thought the yeah. blocking was phenomenal. Perfect. I think somebody pulled, I think it might have been um, – Second one, Travis oh, Kelsey think, pulled. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I remembered. Yeah, and he yeah. made a he made a good seal block, and I mean it was the easiest touchdown that Hunt's ever scored in his life. Both of them were pretty dang easy. Yeah. Yep, yeah. But how about let's talk about this four yard touchdown pass that was Patrick Mahomes' first official touchdown pass in the preseason in Arrowhead. That was four yards. Yeah, that was. Is that not the most <laughs> impressive four yard touchdown you'll ever see? Yeah. Yeah, I guess for some reason it looked like it was like a 17 yards out or something. I mean, well, he, 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 he was ran. He was back there. But he yeah. ran, like he ran for about yards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's something that you know, I, I would immediately I would say there's only one other quarterback in the league right now that can make that play, and really he can't make that play right now because he's injured. He's on one leg because he's hurt. Yeah. I mean, Russell maybe Russell Wilson can do it too, but you know whether or not anybody else can do it or anything whatever that was impressive you know he rolls out to the left and realizes he doesn't have any receivers out there so he instead of like most quarterbacks at that point would eat it even though it's third down you throw that away and you take the three points and I remember thinking in the middle of this play as soon as he doubles back around I'm like oh no but then don't get sacked but then and you watch him stumble a little bit and he's got the ball out to the side I'm just thinking in my head oh here's his first turnover he's about to get that stripped and he pick, he gets himself up and he gets away in time and then if you just if you watch the play in slow motion from the kind of like the Madden can where you're watching from behind from like uh, like if there's a yeah. camera on the 50 yard line yeah, if, you, if you pause it right before he throws right before he starts to release it like there's not a window. There's not no normal human being would expect to be able to throw a ball in that window that's that that Conley is going towards. It's, that's kind of what I thought too, in terms of like, you know, Andy Reid had to just been like, no, yeah, like, <laughs> that, like that, yeah, like just looking at where those. 49ers and it's just like they they looked like they were in pretty good position but like all they could do is just turn their heads and watch the ball just zip right in between yeah. them like because it came in like a 98 mile an hour kelvin herrera two-seamer oh well, yeah. kelvin herrera name drop in a big spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah something i heard uh another listen to another podcast how they're talking about that play is that that is a play that they were it was very reminiscent of his time at Texas Tech. That was kind of his dig coming into the in, into the NFL was that a lot of his play was outside the pocket, you know, him running around, trying to make stuff happen, backyard football. And they thought that was all he was going to be in the NFL. And he's shown the opposite so far. He's shown he can play from the pocket, but he's also shown that that backyard football stuff also works in the NFL. And so when you've got that, in his locker, when you've got his ability to play from the pocket, how do you stop him? How do you stop? You can't rush him because he's going to get out of the pocket and he's going to throw a laser beam. Yeah, I think you got to just play coverage and hope you you got to have a good secondary and hope they can make a play. But good luck. Yeah, he's been able to diagnose. 
defenses pre-snap and post-snap very well. You know, he's doing everything right that, you know, quarterbacks are supposed to do. And so it's hard as a defense to find his weakness. You know, a lot of people are saying that teams are going to, you know, see the tape and figure him out. But when it's just really good quarterback play, there's not a lot to figure out. Yeah, I, th- I think the the only thing I could say is if you're able to get pressure with four and and still, and you know, have seven guys back in coverage and force him out of the pocket and try to make something happen and have to throw into those tight windows, which he, yeah, he's done a pretty good job at. But, you know, maybe he's not, maybe that doesn't last all 16 games. And I think if anybody can do that, it might be the Broncos. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I've one thing I've seen where he struggles is if he's forced up into the pocket. I noticed a couple times every time he's forced up into the pocket, he struggles. He either runs into a sack or he's just inaccurate. And I think that's something teams will be keen on trying to get in behind him, force him up into the pocket, and hopefully that's something he can work on. But you know, there's little things like that. But for the most part, he's pretty infallible. <laughs> he's infallible. Yeah. So tell me what you guys think. And there's this. If you guys have heard of the Jenga piece theory for teams, like if you remove this piece, and we'll exclude quarterbacks because obviously pretty much any team that loses their quarterback is, you know, the, the Eagles were kind of the exception <laughs> to the rule last year. They they were able to overcome that. But and obviously, if Patrick Mahomes, you know. Touch wood for Chiefs fans. We're Henny to go, ain't taking us anywhere. <laughs> we're to go down. Wait, oh yeah, Chad Henny's your backup. Exactly. Henny given so Sunday. If, if Patrick Mahomes went down, then obviously the Chiefs would, you know, that that would be that. But yeah. to to me, your your Jenga piece that aside from Patrick Mahomes is Tyreek Hill. Uh, because they yeah. just on some of these plays, like they they're even though he didn't you know, go off this game. Like, I, I don't even think he had what he had 40 something yards. Maybe Yeah. they, he is drawing so much attention. Then the Andy Reid's doing a good job of moving him around so much. And like the, you know, there's the play where you're, you're faking a screen to him. And then there's Kelsey wide, you know, wide open on the other screen, going the other way. And I just feel like if there was no Tyree kill, Patrick Mahomes would have be having a little harder time finding guys as open as they are. Like maybe he would still be putting it on guys that are well covered, but I think that he is opening up everybody else basically, even when he's not going for over a hundred yards on his splash plays. Yeah. Like what I was talking about when I was utilizing the whole field, that's kind of what it is. You know, we've got that's It's not just game plan. It's personnel as well. You know, we've got Tyreek Hill that, you know, he can exploit any deep space in the field. So he opens that up and he's, you know, part of the reason why other people get open, obviously, like you said, because they've got to play a certain way to make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't get behind them. Right. And, you know, they got to stay deeper than Tyreek Hill. And what deeper than Tyreek Hill is different than deeper than other receivers. Yeah. And, it's, you know, teams are saying, basically saying, don't, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us and, you know, Kansas City just like, well, okay, we got Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and Chris Conley and, you know, Demetrius yeah. Harris. Yes. Of course, who's the man that ruined <laughs> the with his freaking drop? He ruined our streak of touchdowns on drives, five straight touchdown drives, 
And then in comes Demetrius Harris. I already have a He's drop. got a drop. Yeah, he dropped an easy first down to give us our first punt of the game. I oh, couldn't believe it. First punt of the game. I couldn't believe it. Broncos Five straight like, touchdowns. Broncos punted like six straight times in Baltimore. <laughs> Good gosh. Yeah, I still blame him. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think the I, I think the Jenga piece for the Broncos might have been a keep to leave and I don't, defense, for, least, yeah. for the defense and you know because uh-huh. because if the if they if the defense was still dominant like it was you know when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning like you know I think that we would be three and0 right now you know un, unquestionably because and obviously you know you, you look at Von Miller but I almost want to say, like, if we if Von Miller went down, I think we have enough depth at pass rusher yeah. to still be viable. But losing to Lieb, our secondary has just not been the same, and we're giving up big plays. And just that, you know, Chris Harris having to move outside, it's just really upset the balance of things. And we we haven't been locking people down, and that is. Uh, especially coming up next week big concern and we'll see how they how they handle that but I uh, who Talib got hurt this week by the way for the Rams but yeah we uh, we, we miss him did, yes that oh, yeah. other man that also mm, got hurt the he who shall not be named yeah yeah uh, yeah so I'm sad about that but I also I did want to say to your point about Tyreek Hill being the Jenga piece um, just made me think maybe there's something to Andy Reid's game plan. You know, is he looking like ahead the way that he featured Tyreek Hill week one against the Chargers? You know, is he is was he potentially going out there to say this is what Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill will do to you if you do not respect the deep yeah. threat? And then, you know, Week two and week three, Travis Kelsey has gone off, and Sammy Watkins with some underneath the slants and stuff like that. So you know, maybe he's out there. Maybe it just worked out that way, but maybe maybe he's premeditating that. You know, if you don't take away Tyreek Hill, we're going to burn you that way, and if you do try to take away Tyreek Hill, we're just going to attack the other parts of the defense with. Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. Yeah. yeah. So it makes this offense so hard to stop is all the weapons. You know, and as soon as, as soon as Holmes is great, oh, sorry, sorry Holmes is great, but you know, it's the weapons that he's got that makes this offense that, you know, the best in the NFL. Yeah. I think as soon as, uh, as soon as defenses adjust, maybe they start trying, figuring out how to limit Travis Kelsey and, also Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and maybe we'll see the running game pick up I, I don't I'm not giving up on the running game at all no I think I think it, there's hope I mean we've shown at the end of every single game so far we've had a good enough running game when they know we're running to be able to get yards and close games out so we can run the ball it's just I mean part of we haven't needed to and partly you know I think we're just trying to figure out how to Combine this running game with the passing game we've got to open up big holes and try to create mismatches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, I mean, 
again, you, you just look at the league right now, and I've, aside from, you know, the the Los Angeles Rams, who look like the all-around best team in football and most balanced on yeah. offense and defense, um, you know, you've got the the uh, the Chiefs sitting at 3-0, and and the Dolphins also at 3-0, and and I don't have any trouble saying that I much prefer the Chiefs over the Dolphins um, in terms of sustainability. Yeah. But, you know, even even the Chiefs have their weakness, and that's obviously the defense, and we'll, there's going to be a week where that bites them, I think, where, you know, Mahomes just has a bad game, and yeah. you, you see that, but right now he's he's covering that up for, for sure. Yeah. There's going to be one week where, you know, Andy Reid always has those couple weeks where the offense just doesn't click, where these plays that he's drawn up, they've, you know, usually later on in the season, teams are ready for these trick plays that he's got, you know, these end arounds, all these plays, and he's going to try to get too cute. The offense is going to slow down, and we won't have the defense to back them up to, you know, eke out one of these wins when the offense isn't perfect. And so I think that's the big trouble the Chiefs have right now is the offense almost needs to be perfect in order to win these games. You know, the first half against the 49ers, that was about as perfect an offensive performance as you could ask for. Right. Five drives, five touchdowns. Yeah, but I just, I have to wonder, you know, that's, that's what we saw with Alex Smith playing quarterback, you know, when the script, when Andy Reid's schematic advantage disappeared, Alex Smith was left to, check down and you know not move the offense at all I think there's a good chance that we see Mahomes able to create something out of nothing whenever these schematic advantages go away or lessen a little bit I I think I think we're not I don't think we're necessarily doomed I don't I don't think the cliff is not going to be nearly as steep this year whenever the league kind of catches up to Andy Reid if you will yeah Yeah, I can see that yeah Good point. Holmes, Holmes makes plays on his own, so he. I mean, we, you know, like you said, when the scheme isn't quite there, you know, he, we can still make plays. But you, you always got to be worried when you have one part of your team that's just so dramatically weak compared to the rest of the NFL. That one, you know, one poor game by you know the offense and the whole thing goes to pieces. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely more worried about the defense than, oh, than yeah. the offense tailing off. We got a uh, Eric Berry update? Who knows? <laughs> it's a frustration. Yeah, it, I, it's extremely frustrating because it sounded like he was trying to get back to practice, but he still hasn't practiced a single game. I think he's done walkthroughs, but that's yeah. about it. And... Who knows? So not playing in week four against Denver. Highly doubtful. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. Even if he did somehow practice this week, I don't see him getting on the field until week five at the earliest. I will take it. Travis, uh, over, over under eight games played by Eric Berry this season. What are you taking? I'm the optimistic Chiefs fan. I'll take the over. I would probably over. take the under. Oh, dang. It just doesn't look good for him. I mean, even if he is able to get on the field, I'm worried about something him could happen. Yeah. 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 
and that's why I'm okay with you know we're three and zero and he hasn't played so yeah. let's let's continue to not rush him onto the field because yeah. you know we saw him week one last year he eliminated Rob Gronkowski um, but you know he goes gets injured in that game and that was when he came in late due to the holdout um, after getting the contract extension so you know maybe maybe he was on the field a little too soon last year. Um, obviously there's no contract issue this year but with coming back from the injury from last year we definitely don't want to rush him out on the field and compromise having you know if he if we make the playoffs without having him on the roster there's nothing to say you can't throw him in in the playoffs but, sure you know hopefully I mean, as long as you're winning you know there's no reason to rush him back i mean uh, obviously the defense hasn't performed well but heck if you can if you can keep keep winning and let him get back to 100%, then yeah. I guess that's what you do. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, well, anything... Talking about, talking about Chiefs' safeties, I think we need to talk about a rumor before this game is that the Chiefs uh, are yes. interested in bringing in Earl Thomas. So, Travis, I know I saw you on Twitter that you weren't so hot on this idea. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm not... It's not... It's not a no-brainer to me. Like so many, to, so many Chiefs fans right now, I think are just, oh yeah, pay whatever it costs, give Seattle whatever they want for him. I, I don't think it's nearly that simple. He's in a, it's a contract year for him, and Brett Veach does not like to trade. All of these trades that he's made, Brett Veach. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just don't like. I saw Brett Veach for the first time. Like I didn't. Even, know that this man had a face <laughs> he just i don't know he just is like pretty, one of the more uninspiring he's a gm gms right like he's a pretty young guy yeah but, um so all of these trades that he's made he's been very aggressive making trades but all of these guys have been on rookie deals or on team friendly you know contracts i think earl thomas is making $10 million this year. So for every game, I think I saw it, it takes off, is it 500000 per per game that he plays? Yeah. Uh, something like that. So that's still, that's still a lot of salary to absorb. One, we don't even have the cap room. Yeah, we can create it, but, yeah. um, but I, I don't think it's a no-brainer for Brett Beach to bring a guy like Earl Thomas in. Because he's the the cost is going to be significant. He hasn't traded. You know, we're talking about the Seahawks rejected a second round pick offer from the Cowboys earlier in the off season. So we're talking about potentially a second round pick or even more. Although I I would argue that Earl Thomas's value is trade value is going down every single day. Yeah. So so you know maybe we get to the point where a third round pick does it or a. a third and a fourth or something that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for at most a third round pick and i feel comfortable oh yeah hey if that's the cost sign me up i'm I'm fine with the third round pick because um you know we we went the year this 2018 draft we didn't have a first round pick 2018 or sorry 2019 we're gonna get our first round pick and then we'll have two seconds i really don't want any of those three picks to be involved in a trade because yeah. I think we need to, I think we need to add some players. Although hopefully we don't trade up for someone. Don't do it, Seattle. That, uh, that doesn't, 
deserve to even get playtime like Breland Speaks. Huh. Anyway, yeah. that's totally different. Breland Speaks! We also have to think Love that, that you know, that, that second round pick that we got for Peters, that's basically a third round, basically going to be a third round pick because, you know, we're all expecting <laughs> the Rams to go far in the postseason. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're thinking about that, if, if that's the pick we give up, that's not much worse than what our third round pick's going to be. Well, so, but you maybe. also got to think, you know, the Chiefs' second round pick is going to be 32. The Rams is 31. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, boys. This segment, let's just go ahead and we'll, since we're still talking Chiefs, technically, we'll get into the, the matchup next week. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs are coming to Mile High. The Broncos are reeling from a bad loss two and one chiefs three and oh and this is monday night football it's gonna be hyped and i don't know i think obviously i think both teams are gonna come to play so i don't know what what are you guys expecting from this game i think it's very easy for me to say that i'm confident that the chiefs are gonna win this game Mm -hmm. i I think, you know, some things I, I thought about maybe for something that we might see. I think we might see Patrick Mahomes' first turnover. Um, you know, Denver has a... He's due. Their defense isn't what it used to be, but they've still got playmakers on their on their defense that can make things happen. I think we see maybe a strip sack by Vaughn Miller. Um, yeah, but, you know, you're going to have to... You're going to have to find... You're going to have to help. And that, that might change the things you're you're gonna have to help on him which the ravens did a really good job on um and pretty much shut him out but that did like bradley chubb had a good game he had a sack and several pressures so yeah yeah i think you're gonna have to chip on him and that that might take you know kelsey or i don't even know who yeah it's gonna be out there but i can see us using a lot more two tight end you know keep kelsey basically spread out as a wide receiver yeah put harris on that side and have him you know either chip block or just stay in and block you know double team him if we got to but yeah. i think that's the way i deal with it at least yeah and i mean just like i i don't like the like if i was the chiefs i don't know i might just line up in the shotgun and spread it out every single time because you know like the our our run defense is no joke and you've struggled to run the ball. I don't know how stubborn Andy Reid's going to be about trying to establish the run, but I think that if he is stubborn about it, that works to the Broncos' advantage. I think we're going to have a hard time matching up, especially I, I don't know if Adam Jones is going to be healthy again. We really need him to be because um, if we're starting Isaac Yadam we're gonna be we're gonna be hurting yeah for sure yeah I think that's really for the Chiefs that's you know the Chiefs biggest strength obviously is their passing offense and the Broncos defensively their biggest weakness is their passing defense so when you think about it that way that's you know that's the one area where the Chiefs really have an advantage really have an ability to take over the game is if they can get that passing game going and they've been leaning on the passing game this season They've, you know, they've been in a lot of running situations, and Andy Reid has trusted Patrick Mahomes to throw the football. Yeah, and why not? Yeah, yeah. I think that, and you know, the Broncos—they're five-point underdogs at home to the Chiefs. That 
sounds about right. I'm actually okay with that. And I think that I kind of like that. Like I like being underdogs at home. I think it kind of, you know, motivates a team to, to come out and, and play their best. Um, I think there's a script that can, you know, definitely, you know, we, we got it. We, we need to be, we need to start hot. We need to get a lead and we need to be able to establish the run game, which I think can happen. Should be able to do. Uh, you know, Freeman has been solid and Philip Lindsay will be back and I'm excited to see what he does. I think that he could be a pretty big factor, especially in the passing game. Yeah. And Eckler and Brady and uh, Brita have both lit us up. Yeah. They are both similar types of running backs as to Philip Lindsay. Yeah. So, so I can see him being very effective. There's, you know, like part of me wants to say that this will be like, like the Broncos will have to win a shootout, but I think the more likely path to them winning is keeping it is, is stringing the game, you know, like long, long drives where we're finishing and scoring touchdowns and limiting the number of possessions that the chiefs can have. And then just getting some big stops and it being more of a, you know, 24, 21 kind of thing. Um, which, and that's in a perfect world for the Broncos, but I just don't, if it is a shootout, I don't know if we're going to be able to make enough plays. And I mean, the, Keenum should be able to expose that defense, I would I would think, but he has not inspired a lot of confidence yeah. <laughs> as of late. So yeah, this will uh, be this will be his biggest test. You know, yes. Biggest, not not in terms of difficulty, but in terms of showing that he deserves Are you that contract. Competent, exactly. And if he does not perform well, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. That you it's know, gonna if, be Chad Kelly time. I, you know, like I just don't know. I thought about that, like whether if it gets to a point where this year where they would go to him. I don't know if Vance Joseph would, just because I think he's coaching for his job, and no matter what happens, I think he's gonna think that he's Case Keenum gives them the best chance to win games and maybe save his job, unless he just really goes down the toilet and is you know, not even looking like a competent quarterback. So I don't know. I, 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 there's a very dark world. There's a dark timeline where that happens, <laughs> but I, I don't see it. Not willing to accept that yet. So, yeah. Um, what else? Any, uh, any matchups that you're looking forward to specifically that you think, they're going to exploit or it's going to be a hard time for the chiefs. Well, uh, traditionally Travis Kelsey has kind of done well against the Broncos. And he has, and we still suck against tight ends. Yeah. So I could see him having a big game and Tyree kill, whether it be special teams or on offense, he's had some big, big moments against uh, the Broncos. Yeah. We need to be, we got to punt. We got to punt that junk out of bounds. We got to cough yeah. and corner that junk. And I come think, on, come on, Marquette you, King. Have you guys noticed that? Um, and it, I think this happened on the first play or the first punt return of the Steelers game. Um, there's the Chiefs are sending back like Demarcus Robinson and yeah. or DeAnthony Thomas, 
like at the as last short second. They're like, they're like they have them as gunners, and then yeah, at the last yeah. second they run back there. You know, teams are going to pick that up eventually. But I I love what they're doing there, and obviously against the Steelers, Anthony Thomas catches it and returns it back to the 15 yard line. So it, it I mean it paid off there. I mean how long, how much longer until Dave Taub gets a head coaching job? He's Chiefs are going to lose him. So. Tube. It's, I feel like it should happen. He's shown like year in and year out, he's shown to be the best special teams coordinator in the NFL. So uh, I feel like... the Rams guy, uh, Jim Fossil, he's he's up there Jim too. Fossil, but yeah, he's an actual fossil, <laughs> pretty much. But still getting it done. Um, okay, so how about uh, some over unders rushing yards for Kareem Hunt? 75. I'll take the under. Yeah, I'll go with the under. I would take the under there as well. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Over. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy money. Four picks. (laughs) Okay, that's Um, not fair. 300 yards passing. I'll go over. Yeah. Okay. 314 against the Niners. I don't know much about the Niners secondary. I mean, he didn't I mean, obviously the efficiency is the is the weird thing about his numbers like it's like he doesn't it's like he had a bigger game than that almost, but you know, only 314. So, yeah. Um I think I would probably take the over in that one as well because again, I don't know why you would try and force the run when you can just sit back there and probably pick us apart so i'll take yeah. the over um let's go emmanuel sanders nine catches push <laughs> okay i'm gonna go under i i can see him having a big game but yeah I don't know if he, if it'll necessarily be volume or, there, or if it'll be just, you know, big yardage plays. Yeah. As a Broncos fan, I would like for him to have that many catches. His catch rate is insane, by the way. I mean, Mike, I noticed like, that Michael it's Thomas like, is like obviously on another level. But yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has actually helped Case Keenum out a lot. He's like picking and passes off the turf, basically. Yeah. And I think it's like the sixth highest in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy yet. And he looked gimpy last week and I'm hoping that he's fine. But um with that being said, I'm going to go under as well because I think we're going to spread it around more. Yeah. But yeah. Um Travis Kelsey 110 yards. Push. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Push uh, is the one ten. Under. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go over. I think this could be a huge over. game for Travis Kelsey. He was eight for one fourteen this game. How about sacks? Chiefs. One and a half. Chiefs defense. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got to go under just based on what we've done this season. We're averaging. Like a sack a game. Okay. Who so. is who has the most sacks on your team? D Ford. Probably Ford. Yeah. D Ford has actually been pretty good. Yeah, I think he's probably he, got. Is he coming off the right or the left? 
Mostly the right. Or yeah, the he's left. coming. He'd be going against Bulls. Oh, so our left tackle. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I honestly think Jared Valdir is a better tackle than Garrett Bulls. So that bodes well for yeah. D Ford, if I had to guess. But we'll see. I'll see if he, if he bounces back or not. But um, how about? So where were you at on that, Logan? On the 1.5 sacks? Oh, um, I'm I'm gonna go under. I think I think you get one. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think I think we'll be better, and I think at home Keenum will be able to get the ball out a little quicker. Um, let's see. Oh, Case Keenum interceptions at a half. Over. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go over too. I think he'll throw one. Yeah. I mean, I think I have to go over because he's thrown one in every game and even if he does throw three touchdowns I think he probably throws a pick two. Yeah. But I mean the Chiefs defense hasn't been, you know, that predatory when it comes to getting interceptions, but I, I mean he's been prone to the pick. So yeah. I could I could see it happening. All right, last one. We'll go Broncos total rushing yards. A hundred and thirty. Over. Dang. I'm thinking 150. <laughs> 150? Yeah. Travis? Mm-hmm. What are they averaging? We average... Well, not 130, but... Over 100. One... 10, 115 maybe. Hmm. I'm going to say under. And is that because you think just the game script will not... Yeah, I think they throw. I think I think that's how you attack the Chiefs defense. Yeah. Um, I actually think I'm going to say over because, yeah. because even in the loss on the road to Baltimore, we still ran the ball pretty well. And I think... We'll probably stick with that, and that was without a half of, with ha- without having Philip Lindsay. And I don't know how the touch touches are going to be split, but I would imagine he's going to be pretty heavily involved. Yeah. Any other ones you want to throw out there? Uh, how about Broncos defense sacks two? Ooh, that's a tough one because I like our pass rushers in this game, but the Mahomes factor. And our pass blocking has been good this season. Okay, we're, okay. we're allowing about, I think, one sack a game. Yeah, at two sacks. I yeah. At home, I think I'm going to take the over because I think that I think that Joe Woods is going to have to come out with some, I mean, for the players got to play, but I think we're going to come out with some different looks. I mean, Mahomes, is, he's still a rookie, right? Like, 
just do some different do some different stuff like you know to to confuse him and i think we're gonna we're gonna come up with a few with a few i think we could maybe get him on a corner blitz and then maybe vaughn gets one chubb gets one and that's three so i'll go with that i'll go over two on that all right brian what do you think uh i'll probably i'd say i think two is about what about right i think i can see him getting two sacks yeah, that's probably the smartest one of all of these to push. Yeah, indeed, it's <laughs> a good, uh, good call there. All right, so let's uh, pick the game. Do you like the? Who do you like to win? And do you like the Chiefs to cover the five? Yes, and yes. I, I think I think if I had to give a score, I'd say Chiefs thirty-one and Broncos twenty-three. Um, I'm going Chiefs. I. I'm not gonna go cover that. I think it, I think it'd be a three-point victory. I'm Interesting. Feeling, I'm feeling like a thirty twenty-seven, something like that. Maybe a doinker for the win. Oh, oh my gosh, the doinker! Nice. Re, oh. Resign Cairo Santos for one game. <laughs> Just uh, Bucker, Bucker hadn't got enough work. We need to let him kick some field goals. No, yeah. no, we don't. We need to score touchdowns. <laughs> I I I think that. I, I do. I'm going to take the Chiefs in the game, and I will take them to cover because I th- think that this game goes one of two ways. Either Mahomes shreds us and it gets pretty out of hand, or the Broncos find a way to, to just make enough plays to, to win. But I think if the Chiefs win, it's going to be by a pretty good margin. Well, if you look at the game script the Chiefs have had so far, they come out fast, score a lot of points, and then just have a lot of points scored on them. Yeah, and if you look at Denver's game script, at least the first, that's, you know, we had comeback wins, and then in Baltimore, you know, would have had that same thing had we maybe scored on one of those possessions down there in the red zone. It would have been kind of that same, like, kind of finish where we needed one stop but obviously didn't didn't happen um so yeah i uh obviously i'm hyped up for the game and you know if there's anything we know it's that this league is weird and buffalo beat the vikings this week (laughs) with the vikings at home the titans beat the jaguars at home that's a stinker in a stinker um so yeah, I obviously am excited about the game. I think it'll be fun, and if the Broncos can pull out a win, then you know it'll uh, everything will be back to rainbows and roses in Denver. But if they lose, the doom and gloom will be very real. And I think the Chief, it won't be doom and gloom for the Chiefs if they lose. So I no. think there's a lot more riding on on the Broncos yeah, this I think- week. The Broncos have more to lose than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs, much, you know, knowing we're going into Denver, yeah, you know, that's always going to be another a hard game. another road game. Yeah, division third game. road game of four. You're already one and zero in the division. Nah, um, man, if we don't beat the Broncos, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're going to be mad, but yeah, no, uh, we got to win this game. <laughs> it's a must win. No, not a must win, but oh, like okay. I would be, I would be disappointed based on what I've seen. 
knowing what this team is capable of, like they're fully capable. They should they should go in and beat this team. That's what right. I think. Okay, that's that's a fair take. All right, let's. Uh, we're running pretty long, so let's just jump right into some shame uh, for this week. Um, who you guys? Uh, who you shaming? Paris. I am shaming Steve Wilkes, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. He's, his personnel decisions this season have been pretty woeful, and he just extended that this week. Bradford has been awful all season. Rosen was true on Sunday. Announced the starter, by the way. This, yeah, Rosen this week. has finally been announced the starter. But Bradford's been awful, but he waits until four minutes left down in the fourth quarter to put in his rookie quarterback. That's just that's not how you play football games. I Pretty mean, brutal. Yeah, I know. I know Bradford hadn't played well, but you can't put a rookie quarterback in that situation and expect him to pull perform a miracle. Yeah, but I need to be fair with that. I mean, maybe he didn't expect him to perform a miracle. Like you coach to try and win the game, and Bradford had been awful. I don't know that I have that much problem throwing him in there at that point. But yeah, but it, it was everybody looked at Josh Rosen as the most pro ready out of all of these quarterbacks to come out in this class. And so it's not like you're you're taking a project and throwing him in there too soon. I I, I agree. I think I think he should have come in sooner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely can't disagree with that, but you know, I don't I don't think it ruined his career. Well, yeah. I, and that's yeah. not what you're that's not what you're saying. He'll uh, be all right. I don't I don't think it's, you know, it's not it's not that crazy to throw him in there right right at the end of the and game. I do think that uh, to add on to that, just the Cardinals coaching engine, the Mike McCoy, former Broncos offensive coordinator, shame on you, sir. Third and two, yep. and Chase, Chase Edmonds, Edmonds in the backfield, and you run him. As two minutes David left. Johnson, the, I'm going to get more heated about this than I am about the Broncos this week. <laughs> David Johnson is a man beast, and you've got him on the sidelines. Yeah. Put him That's- in. Run him, throw it to him, for the sake of my fantasy team. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, that that boy. Shame that's on you. That, that's a decision that literally, like, there's no justification for that. There's never justification. Game on the line, third and two. two and your best left. player isn't in the game. Yeah. Let me remind you that the Denver Broncos put Terrell Davis in in the Super Bowl while he was literally blind. <laughs> exactly. Get David Johnson in there. Oh. I am sickened by this. Yeah. I have, I, I'm just, I can only hope that this Josh Rosen thing does a spark and kind of turns things around for them. But, and yes, I do feel bad for the Cardinals. I, Larry Fitzgerald is my all time favorite non Bronco. And if this is his last year, I just, I'm sad for him. But I'm and, hoping Josh Rosen brings out more of him because my fantasy team needs him. <laughs> he needs, Bears needs Larry need Fitzgerald. points. All right, Travis, who you got? Who you shaming? Well, mine was pretty easy. I'm going to shame whoever is responsible for this daggum body weight rule. The body weight rule! It's out of control! I mean, it's too vague, and it puts defenders in a nearly impossible position to succeed. It's it's too subjective, and it shouldn't be deciding games. There's too much... Too much work goes into players like Clay Matthews, who's been like basically a target of this 
um, this new rule. He's been the he's been victimized. Yes, and back to back weeks. Back to back to back. I think every week this oh, really? season the he's pr- been yeah even in week one. But it's just the, it, the big they made a big deal out of the one in week two because it I mean it, that one specifically cost them the game. But in this week, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the outcome. They they were going to lose either way. But yeah. um, and he even I heard he went up to Alex Smith. Yeah. And like asked him, he's like, bro, am I uh, in the wrong here? What am I supposed to do? You know, like it's it's insane. He tackled yeah. him. He I mean, that's tackled. that's that's how I said it last week. That's how you're taught to tackle people. Um, there's no physical way to ensure that when you tackle someone, you don't land on them because this is a contact sport. That, that's what football is. And if we're going to go try to protect the quarterbacks, I mean, I to a certain extent, you can try to help protect players. But, you know, I, I think I look at look at the re- this ironic. The reason they, this rule exists is the hit that took um, on from Anthony Barr that took Aaron Rodgers out last season so you know the league is branding this as a way to protect player safety but I'm a little suspicious that the league is really just trying to keep the star quarterbacks that are basically huge dollar signs and sources of revenue Um, you know how much did the how much how interesting was it to watch the Packers after Aaron Rodgers was taken out you know that you could yeah. you could argue that the league For lost sure. money on that. So are they really trying to protect players' safety by doing this, or are they trying to make sure that the star quarterbacks don't get hurt? And they're just adding another piece that legislates better offenses into the league, which everybody yeah. thinks is more exciting. Well, it's it's not even protecting player safety because a player just tore his ACL. I was just about to, to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's William ridiculous. Hayes, like kind of holding up or like, yeah, just he's, awkwardly, he's trying to, you know, like not yeah. following through with his play. Trying to shift his body off of him so he doesn't land on him and he tears his ACL. Yeah. So Put that in your pipe and smoke it, NFL. <laughs> Let's fix yeah. this job. I mean, well, they don't care about that because he's not a quarterback, so. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. I agree. Um, Finish the show. I got some rapid-fire shame to go around. First of all, just for the AFC West recap, shame on the Chargers for being uh, overhyped, the quote-unquote most talented team in the AFC West. I'm not buying it. They're the Chargers, and they're always going to charge her. They were going up against the Los Angeles Rams, so maybe a pass this week, but um, losing record, right? One and two. They're one and two. Yeah, and they're only winning against the Bills. Winning. Yes. So, um, this one down the barrel of Baker Mayfield in week four. Oh, baby. One and three. Calling it. Okay. Um, also, shame on the Oakland Raiders uh, and their million dollar or hundred million dollar coach who are now 0 and 3 and more importantly, making the Dolphins look like they're somebody. 3 and 0. And I'm not buying it. I think they're bad. I don't think they're bad. Okay, they're not bad, but they're not better than They're not a they're not the another feeder team. <laughs> yeah, they're 3 and 0, you know, they're they're certainly not the third best team in the league. And yeah. I think that that's going to get exposed. And I mean just like the the Dolphins are they're just that team like they snuck into the playoffs over the Broncos that one year when they were 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 and then we got to watch Matt Moore get pummeled by the Steelers. I don't want that this year, okay? I just 
shame on any team that loses to them because you're just you're adding to this narrative. I did you guys know that I'm not trying to disagree with you, but this is this shocked me. In Ryan Tannehill's last eleven games where he was healthy, he is ten and one. Yeah. Wow. You can look at that that stretch because he was out all last year. So the year before that is the year that they ended up getting hot and running into the playoffs and Matt Moore starts. So in in that to end that season, they were seven and one, come out three and oh. That's that kind of surprised me when I saw that. Not that it means anything. I still don't buy it, but Right, yeah, yeah. That's still but you know, just like the Raiders, this is the they this is the third week in a row that they've done it. They they had this game. They should have won. I picked them to win this game in my pick'em, and they blew another lead. And also shame on Jordy Nelson <laughs> for. I mean, I really tempted to make another water bet with Brett that that he will never score that many fantasy points again in, <laughs> in his, his career. career. Yeah. In his career. So shame on Jordy for making us look like fools. Um went for like 29 fantasy points i think we bet that he would be under 15 he doubled it up yeah i think pretty, two out of, pretty two much out of, in the first quarter he was running wide open all game i didn't understand that yeah so two out of three of you guys still need to pay up on that bet i think yeah i'm we're, i'm sure he'll be paying me a visit um that's what he did he just came in my door and knocked on he came in here and just dumped water on me <laughs> well i'm uh i'm expecting it um, I'll have to get with them and uh, make that happen. So I'm not excited about that. I'm pretty salty. It was just an all-around bad week for me. Broncos lost. Lost the water bet. My fantasy team <laughs> is apparently trash. Um, shame on the Packers for letting the Redskins be that much better than And Chris Thompson gets no fantasy points. So I your fan- just... Is your fantasy team 0-3 now? 0-3. Oh, Ooh, and three. That's not bueno. It is not bueno. I, I um, still believe, I because I don't think they're that bad, but my team is not that bad, but it, it's obviously the worst in the league. Time oh, to trade and, David Johnson. I mean, David Johnson for James Conner? No. No. How <laughs> crazy no. is that? How crazy is that that I just said no? You just said no. I don't, wait a second. I don't know. Can I take that back? <laughs> well, uh, we'll We've got a trade brewing. We got, a, we got a trade brewing on that. Beyond Enemy Lines podcast. Um, all right. Well, we are way over time probably this week. So, any any final thoughts on the uh, on the week? New England goes down. I'm happy about that. One and two, baby. Gradual decline. Oh no, not at all. I think the the Patriots are still the favorite in the AFC, and they'll be in the playoffs. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sold. They'll be in the this, playoffs. That division. Uh, they'll this be in the, playoffs. Is the The first four games are the uh, preseason games for the Patriots. Although it's it's weird for them to lose back to back, but um, I think they're going to smoke the Dolphins at home. And I think very quickly we'll go back to talking about the Patriots as AFC heavyweights. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that should uh, about do it for us this week. I will see you guys next week. On Monday night, it's gonna be fun. Oh, it's gonna uh, be great! It's uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And we will see you guys next week, probably on Wednesday, with 
a new pod. So take care. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you next time. See you. See you. Go Chiefs. Broncos. Terrell sucks. Destroyed. Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles. Please do better. Suggs is old. Please do better. This week's episode is brought to you by Technical Difficulties, because when you technically are disconnected, you can't even wrap up your own podcast, let alone defend yourself against rabid Chiefs fans. Thank you guys for tuning in, and here's hoping that Technical Difficulties are no longer a weekly sponsor. Some quick housekeeping. We did have some over-under predictions last week that I just wanted to update everybody on because we'll probably start keeping track of this our over-unders for the game were kareem hunt 75 yards we all took the under we were all wrong mahomes 300 yards we all took the over and we were barely right mahomes throws for 304 i believe and breaks the broncos 38 game impressive streak of not allowing a 300 yard passer uh sanders nine catches travis with the push Ryan and Logan both took the under. He was under. Kelsey, 110 yards. Travis took the under. Ryan and I both went over. I believe he was under. Chief sacks, one and a half. We all took the under. We were all incorrect. Keenum interceptions, one half. We all took the over and by some fluky play it was one interception broncos total rushing yards 130 travis took the under ryan and i both took the over they did go over broncos sacks we set it at two travis went over ryan pushed and i went over we were all wrong they only managed one Travis picked the Chiefs in this game 31 to 23. Ryan picked the Chiefs 30 to 27. And I picked the Chiefs, did not have a score, but I chose them to cover the original spread, which was five. Ryan was the only one to pick correctly against the spread, saying that the Chiefs would not cover the five. And there we go. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Go Broncos.